Welcome to The Alternative Investor, the show where we discuss, debunk, and demystify all things about investing in alternative assets. Okay, just in case you're wondering if you have what it takes to be a private equity or real estate or otherwise alternative investment. Did you say real estate? <laughs> I don't think I did. Maybe I did. Just in case you're wondering if you have what it takes to go out and find a deal, source a deal, or if you're considering evaluating other folks that are going to be going out and doing these deals. Today, we thought we'd share with you all of the things, the behaviors, the attitudes, the skills that goes into sourcing, doing diligence on and closing a deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm really nervous. I hope I have the traits to be a successful private investor. Again, <laughs> I think I've been doing it for so long. I think you have at least 30% of the oh, stuff we're going to talk whew, about today. Goodness. <laughs> Which is better than my 22%. Okay. So Brad, you know, it looks, I think when we talked about this, we identified three big buckets that these skills fall into. Uh, why don't you take the first one? Yeah. So you have to be an expert generalist. Expert generalist. I like it. What does that mean? Well, you have to be good at a lot of different things. You're not necessarily the best at any one of these things, but you have to have a broad range of skills. And those are sales skills, right? You have to be able to convince somebody to do what you, what you want, right? Buy a deal, close a... a, a the art of persuasion. Exactly. Close a, a property, close the purchase of a business, get investors to come along with you. You got to be great at analysis. You have to dig into the numbers, uh, dig into the data on a market on an income statement, a balance sheet. You have to be great at looking at legal documents. Of course, you're going to have lawyers involved, but you can't just blindly trust them. You have to be able to evaluate. <laughs> no, no offense to the lawyers out there. I mean, I, I love my lawyers, but uh, so you have to look at the quality of the business. Like, is this a business that in a, an industry that can succeed and be uh, and move forward and have uh, a protective moat? Is this a real estate property that the earnings you feel are going to continue reliably? You have to then dig into all of that and create a picture of what that investment looks like, broadly speaking, in, in all these different characteristics to come up with whether or not that's a good deal or not. Yeah, that's one of the things I find interesting about what we're doing here is there's there's so many qualitative and quantitative skills that go into this, right? I mean, there's there's people skills, but there's also sort of hard analytical skills. Um, okay, so that's the expert generalist. That's bucket number yeah, one. Which expert generalist is a great way of saying you're just not very good at, at one thing. <laughs> Inch deep, mile wide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, and so the next one I think is really the, uh, we call it the, you're good at herding cats. You're the professional cat herder. Uh, this is really more of a project management skill, right? Because when you're sourcing and, and doing diligence on and closing deals, there's lots of different people involved. And you really need to keep everyone on point. You need to keep keep the deal moving forward. Um, everyone's got different deadlines. Everyone has different needs and incentives and, and the, the dependencies on each other. And your job is to really to keep the momentum going and to make that deal happen. And so that's a, it's a, there's a big project management component to all this. Yeah, everybody needs, every big project needs a point person. You can't just have everybody, 10 different people in charge of the various things and, and hope that that project's going to cross the finish line on yeah. time, on yeah, budget. Unlikely. Right? Unlikely. Somebody has to take responsibility. And usually that's the deal guy or girl. You have to just organize all these people to get everything done in the right time, lined up so you can close the deal. Yeah. Because it's funny because, you, you know, before I got into this, I sort of just assumed deals happened. You know what I mean? It's like you, you read about deals in the, in the, on the internet or in the paper or whatever, and you're like, oh, another deal happened. And you don't realize how much inertia had to be overcome for that deal to happen. I mean, it's just, it's, it's sort of, it's all, it's always surprised me how much project management and just herding cats goes into this. Yeah. This is part of, you know, the downside of private investments. Whereas you, with public buying a stock, you just, you know, you go online, you click a button, boom, it's done. Yeah. Here you have to, there's a lot of friction costs. There's a lot of transaction costs with third parties to do the analysis, to 
verify that the property is not going to fall in a sinkhole, right? The accountants <laughs> that are going to look at the the profit and loss statement to verify that, you know, this isn't a fraudulent company, the yeah. legal side of it, it is just a cluster of moving parts that you have to line up in order to close the deal. Which segues nicely into our third bucket, and that is... Make stuff happen. Make stuff happen. And stuff is the non-beeped version. Uh, <laughs> so if you're with your kids, it's totally fine it's to a listen family to this show. Version. Uh, but you know, this is the, this is the soft skills around. You're a self-starter. You have a lot of initiative. You are, you're good at motivating people, picking up the phone, making something happen. Uh, you have a bias towards optimism. I like that one, you know, cause a lot of, you get kicked in the teeth every day and you get, you know, punched in the face and you just got to pick yourself back up and keep moving. And I like this bucket of making stuff happen. I think that nicely encapsulates a lot of the, the soft skills that go into making a deal happen. Yeah. The optimism thing is, is actually pretty important. Right. Because if you come into everything with a negative viewpoint on how the business is going to, you know, work out moving forward, how the investment's gonna gonna pan out, then why would you do any deal? <laughs> <laughs> you can there's it's so easy to find things to not like about everything, isn't it? It's so oh, much yeah. it's so much easier to find things you like. And it's, it's and we've talked about this. The the downside, the negative case always sounds more intelligent than the positive oh, case. Oh yeah, yeah. Like here's why this is gonna blow up. XYZ. It always sounds smarter than here's why this is going to work and yeah. why we're all going to do well here. Here's how we're going to get rich. Yeah. Everyone's like, don't be naive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we thought, okay, so we'd start with those three buckets. Those are, you know, being an expert generalist, being good at herding cats and being uh, good at making stuff happen. Those are the three buckets that we're going to start to kind of talk about some of the more specific things that go into each part of doing a deal. Um, and the way we've broken up doing a deal, we just we've broken up into three parts. So you you got the sourcing comp- part of the deal. Right? You got to find the deal. You got the diligence component where you got to do the work and make sure it's a deal you want to actually do and do all the analysis. And then you have sort of the closing process where you're, you're getting the deal over the finish line. You're getting it done. So good. Let's get into the sourcing, Brad. What are the, some of the skills, behaviors, and attitudes that go into sourcing a deal? Okay, so this is falls really in almost all of the buckets here. But you got to start with being an expert generalist. From a sales standpoint, you got sales, right? You got to persuade the seller to to pick you as the buyer. Yeah, and there's some marketing that can go into that, right? You got to have got to be a known entity sometimes to buy these deals. Can be a one off buyer, but sometimes the seller wants to know that you have a company, a brand that has done this before. Yeah, and, like they're like they're going to go to your website and yeah. check you out. You got to look professional. There's a marketing branding component to that, right? Totally. And then you also have to have communication skills. You have to tell the the investor or the the seller, you know, why you're different, why you're the right choice for this investment or for this sale. And then you have to communicate and negotiate the the purchase contract, the legal documents to get it over the finish line. Okay, yeah, and and more stuff on the sourcing side is you know you you have to sort of have the, the you know sort of the mental horsepower to develop an investment thesis, right? You don't want to just have someone out there kind of shooting blindly being completely opportunistic, taking whatever deal comes their way. You want to have someone who's thoughtful. Uh, you know, you want to be thoughtful about how you've developed your investment thesis, what kind of deals you want to do, you know, develop a point of view and an opinion on what's happening in the world and why uh, the deal that you're about to do is going to benefit from those macro trends or tailwinds. You know, so there's that, there's that component of the sourcing side too. Yeah, and you got to be resourceful. you got to figure out where are these deals? How do I find them? Yeah, the scrappiness factor yeah, can't very, be overlooked Yeah, very scrappy. Here. Yeah. 
Yeah, you got to dig into either off-market deals, right? So if you're a real estate investor, you're looking at at properties that that aren't listed on some website that everybody could go to. You're you're digging into okay, well, I have this address. I'm going to figure out what entity owns this this property. Oh, I'm going to dig into the the loan documents or the title documents to figure out who signed for that entity, and then I'm going to figure out where that person lives. What's their number? I'm going to call them and make them an offer. Right? <laughs> that is a lot of work. Yeah, that's that's squarely in the make stuff happen bucket isn't it? Totally. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the sourcing side. Let's get into the diligence side. Let's assume we've sourced a deal. We found a deal. It's, it's interesting. It hits all of our, or it hits most of our criteria. I don't think I've ever found a deal that hits all of our criteria. Yeah. And now we're getting into diligence. What are some of the skills, behaviors, and attitudes that you need to be good at diligence? You have to be great at doing the financial analysis and that, that, analysis. May, that may or may not include financial modeling, right? So that's uh, Excel jockey. Yeah. Getting into the weeds on doing projections, also going backwards in time and looking at the historical financials and making sure that those uh, flesh out. And, and it, it, I think it's interesting that this type, this skill, particular financial modeling and really getting, really being good at modeling and being analytical, that's, that doesn't always go hand in hand with some of the skills we talked about on the sourcing side, right? Yeah. And to me, you don't have to be an expert, right, in Excel, to get a deal Thank done God. and to to know how to analyze a, a company or, or real estate purchase and know that the numbers make sense. You just have to have a baseline understanding of, of finance and projections in order to make this happen. It, it helps to have somebody who could actually put it together in a spreadsheet. And that's funny enough, that often is for third parties. It's for your lender. It's for your investor. It's to make other people feel good about your analysis on the on the, the purchase of this company or real estate deal uh, versus your own internal uses. I mean, obviously, it's helpful to be able to project stuff, but often it's for other people. We should do a whole episode on financial modeling. I, I feel like there's a lot of juice to be squeezed there. Yeah, totally. Um, we can tell you all the tricks how, how people try to goose the, yeah. the model. <laughs> you can just show you what to look for. Yeah, and I, can, I think the other thing about financial modeling and how it sort of differs sometimes from some of the stuff we talked about in the sourcing side is you don't have to do all this yourself either. You could get a part, You could have a partner that's complimentary to you. I have a great partner, Luke, I love you, who does a lot of our diligence work. And so, you know, his, his skill set is more suited for that. And, you know, that's worked out really nicely for us. Yeah, I guess that's a great point. You can fill in the holes with other people. But I would still say that you have to have a baseline understanding. True. Right. Yeah. In order to really feel like you have a control and oversight over what you're doing with this investment. Yeah. Okay. So some of the other stuff on the diligence side now that we found a deal, we're doing diligence. So there's a legal component here, right? I mean, you're Oftentimes you're reviewing, for instance, you might be reviewing lease contracts or customer contracts to make sure that there's no gotchas or pitfall, you know, pit hole. Pit holes? Is that, potholes? Is that potholes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's property. <laughs> pit stops and potholes. Yeah, you know, you just want to make sure there's nothing inside of these legal, you know, the contracts that the company has signed that's going to materially affect this investment down the road. Yeah, right? big so gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, market analysis, right? You need to you need to be able to sort of take a holistic uh, view of what's happening in the market that your the business, the target business you're looking at, it plays in. What are the changes going on there? Is this company well suited to take advantage of some of these tailwinds and macro trends like we talked about earlier? So there's there's sort of this very analytical kind of like macro side there also. Totally, yeah. you have to process a lot of data, whether it's you're looking at a, a real estate deal or I, probably even more so if you're looking at a company. Because there's going to be way more detailed information on an industry and a competitive subset uh, that you're going to need to get in the weeds versus real estate. It's more intuitive. Is this population growing? You know, what, what do the demographics look like? What do incomes look like? Often, oftentimes, when I when we actually get into diligence on a deal, we can 
we, we find that we can sort of narrow down the big diligence question. So like there's like two or three really big issues that are going to make a big difference. Right. And so, you know, maybe something like, Hey, how big is this market really? Or, Hey, how, you know, what are, what are all the, you know, how many competitors is there really in this market? How fragmented is it? Is somebody dominating this or, Hey, what's, why did these customers choose to buy as opposed to these other, to the, to, as opposed to the competitors? So we, you know, there's an element here of just sort of simplifying and, and seeing the forest through the trees and really, prioritizing what are the big questions that are going to move the needle on this investment? Yeah, that's the Pareto principle for diligence, right? The vast majority of the stuff you're doing in diligence is just, you know, check the box. Uh, it's not going to really matter whether or not you make that decision. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's diligence. And then finally, let's get to the close, right? So you've you've done your deal. You sourced the deal. You got the deal. You did the diligence and everything checks out. You like the company or the property in the real estate world. And now you want to get this thing done across over the finish line. And you actually want to own it. Yeah, what are the skills you need here? I mean, this is this is where the herding cats comes into play, right? Yeah, and you're almost just blown away about the the hands that are out looking for a a piece of the the transaction from a, just getting a fee, right? There's the brokers. This is where you just start writing checks. You, pretty much, <laughs> it's just you're like, wait, wait, how much are they taking out of the the sale proceeds, or how much am I paying on top of the purchase price to close <laughs> this thing? You're, are you kidding? Yeah, accountants and lawyers. Yeah, lawyers, yeah. engineers that are looking at a, at a property to figure out if it's in the right condition. And you got to manage all these people, right? You got to make sure that their costs come in where, where they said they're going to come in. You got to make sure that they hit these deadlines. That's the hardest part is the deadlines because all of these other people are running separate businesses with other clients that that have to you know, manage other expectations on timelines. And you got to get everybody on your same page. So that's yeah. the hardest part. And so you, you, you need somebody that has the project management skill set here that can then look out at the end date, the close date, and back into that and all the things that need to line up just so the loan, the third-party reports, the equity from the fundraising standpoint, right? And all the other due diligence stuff to get to that finish line where the wire is being sent and the contract's being signed. Yeah. And this is not glamorous work, is it? I mean, this is like, you know, you're really, you're making calls, you're sending emails, you're reminding people, you're you're checking in. I mean, Yeah. Just, this is the, uh, I just wanted to check in on yeah. what's the status here. <laughs> He's just knocking on people's doors. Yeah. Okay. So and then, and then you get the deal done. If you, if you have all these skills and you, you exhibit a lot of these behaviors and attitudes. So I guess, you know, I would say in conclusion, when you're, if you're evaluating a sponsor and you're, you're thinking of making an investment in a sponsor who's going to be going out and finding deals, just think about whether he or she has these qualities. Um, and it, you know, and if not, maybe perhaps suggest he, he or she finds a partner that can complement his <laughs> skill set. Yeah. Like if the, the sponsor shows up to your house to pitch you on a, a local apartment building and uh, this person's great at the, the presentation deck and selling you on the vision of the property, but he shows up and his shoes are untied and the presentation's missing, uh, all the financials and there's lacking in detail. There's no analysis. Right. Yeah. There's no analysis. Then, then maybe Maybe you want to think, well, is this person going to be able to handle all these different aspects about running real estate and closing a deal? Or are they just very good at sales? Yeah. Okay. So like I said, I think Brad and I exhibit, you know, at least a third of these qualities. And so, uh, <laughs> well, that was the funny thing about growing up. I was always like, man, I just wish I was amazing at one thing. I can just go be a surgeon. And then, you know, I figured out, well, you wait found, a minute. you found your calling. I found <laughs> I'm good at a lot of different things, just not amazing yeah, at any one of them. I'm pretty good at a lot of stuff. Just, yeah. And there's always somebody who's going to be better. And you just hopefully you can find that person and convince them to, to work with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck out there evaluating sponsors or becoming a sponsor yourself. Thanks for listening to The Alternative Investor. Since you made it this far, you should take a second to subscribe to the podcast and join our email list. There, you'll receive additional insights and insider access to the world of alternative investments. Just visit 
theAlternativeInvestorShow.com.